the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What? is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr. Hello everyone, I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 98 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the solutions that we as free citizens should be fighting for when it comes to directing the education of our children. That's right, George. You know, last month we celebrated the Week of School Choice, which is a national event that is designed to create awareness to parents and the public at large about this very important solution to the culture wars brewing in the public school system. That's right, Mark. And so we want to talk a little bit about, you know, what is school choice? The, this phrase now is being, you know, used all over media. Ubiquitous. And a lot of people don't know what it really means. And then especially if if we understand uh, the nuances of it and to see how how each side is using school choice. And so why is it important first and foremost? Well, our children are going to spend usually about a thousand hours in school. Yeah. So as a parent, you must have a choice in directing where they will spend that much time. You would think. So the question becomes, what forms of school choice exist in our education system? Yeah, I mean, there's the traditional public school, right? And uh, what's called often open enrollment, which refers to whether a state allows parents to send their children to schools outside of their district. In California, for example, parents of students assigned to low-performing schools may be able to transfer their kids to another school based on the state's limited open enrollment laws. Uh, School districts in California can also set their own open enrollment policies. Yeah, so this is probably one of the most fundamental uh, school choice options that especially the teachers unions will say, well, wait up. We already have school choice. Right. We're not forcing you to stay in the school that you're assigned to. Um, so open enrollment in traditional public schools is the very first form of school choice that again, the teachers union would like to tout that. Oh, well, we do have school choice. Why, why are you asking for something else? Yeah. So then the second option here, um, is, called magnet schools. So back in the in the 60s, these came into existence as districts looked to encourage voluntary desegregation uh, by attracting diverse groups who enroll around academic specialties. So for example, performing arts or science. So these are schools 
that are still operated under the authority of the local school district. They still respond to the local school board, but they have these specific themes. And so you're basically trying to attract, uh, fast forward, you know, 60 years later, uh, we're well, in some cases, we it looks like we are resegregating, <laughs> but getting away from the desegregation, most magnet schools today are really trying to operate under the auspice that, look, your children might learn best when they have a central subject that is the main focus in that school. So if it's science, it's heavily focused on science and then obviously has all of the other courses in there right. as well. But basically, they tried to play on that passion in kids, and we've seen a, a lot of these. in In my school, we have in my school district, we have a magnet school uh, that focuses heavily on STEM. Uh, in a neighboring school district, we have a, a magnet school that is for performing arts, so people who are into music and creative arts and things like that. Then you have charter schools. Charter schools are also free public schools, and these came about in the early 90s um, with the stated goal to be more flexible and innovative than traditional counterparts. And so one of the key things about a charter school as opposed to your traditional public school or a traditional magnet school is that it needs the permission of a local school district or the county board of education to come into existence, but from there on out, it actually is run by its own independent organization, uh, typically a nonprofit, um, and it has its own private board uh, that it reports to. So now it has a greater degree of autonomy. And so these came about in the 90s. And in fact, here in California, uh, we have around a 1,000 charter schools, and about one in every nine students is enrolled in a chartered school. Yeah, it's a big number. We should also point out, George, that uh, charter schools are still under the authority of California Education Code. Uh, they do have a lot more flexibility, uh, as you as you pointed out. Um, they're not administered by the the local school district. Um, but regard to certain offensive curriculums, for example, AB three twenty nine, the California Healthy Youth Act. Even though you're a charter school, um, some of this stuff you're still required to teach. Most definitely. Um, so then we have private schools, um, which are you could be secular or religious. And in, in California, we have about just under 3,700 private schools across the state. Um, but now you are really paying out of your own pocket for that tuition. Yeah, and in it's California, it's a lot of money, isn't it? It's plenty of money, almost 15000 for elementary schools. And, and I've tried to take the most recent numbers um, that I could find online and over 21000 for high school. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, that's what college cost uh, not, not that long ago. It, exactly. I, I paid less for college per year when I went to college. But then there's other forms of private school beyond uh, that, and that's homeschooling. Yeah, I mean, homeschooling has become uh, very, very popular and for good reason, particularly over the last uh, couple of decades. In fact, in California, we've seen over 300,000 people in just the last couple of years leave the public school system to uh, for a homeschooling kind of environment. A, a, a homeschool is actually, depending on the jurisdiction of the state that you live in, categorized as a private school. It just happens to be done uh, by the parents. 
Um, and there are many different flavors of homeschooling. Um, parents can get together and they can decide to co-teach children or the, the parents can, themselves uh, can do it. Uh, there's charter homeschooling uh, that's often free through charter schools. Um, and there's a couple of organizations that are so helpful in helping parents navigate the intricacies of homeschooling. One is the Christian Home Educators Association, and the other one is the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. So obviously when you use then the word school choice, you have to really define what, what, what do you mean by it, you know, and, and each state has its own, you know, laws that allow for some or for all of these. And, and that's again, something that you would have to, as a parent research in your own state. But let, let's just look at real quickly, a little bit of history about school choice and then defining what we mean by universal school choice and what's happening in America today. Mm-hmm. You see, for the first about eight decades after the American Revolution, parents were the primary drivers of what and how their children learned. This is basically unofficial school choice, which later dissolved amidst the burgeoning anti-Catholic immigrant sentiment and this massive push for mandatory state-funded public education, which was pushed by the father of the public school system, Horace Mann. Horace Mann, and then uh, uh, decades later, John Dewey, of course, with the Teachers College at Columbia University, and the rest is history. So basically, state governments, ever since then, this is in the 1800s, have developed monopolies on education with children assigned to public schools within the district boundaries where they lived. So things became very rigid. But in the 1950s, uh, Milton Friedman wrote an essay that proposed a voucher program where the state would take the money that would have been spent to educate students at public schools and give it to parents to cover tuition at a private school of their choice. What a concept, the free market for education. Exactly. And, and Friedman, Friedman was a, an economist. He was. And so. A Nobel Prize winning economist. And so fundamentally, he argued to separate the financing education from the delivery of the services. And so here, you know, Friedman's idea was actually first implemented in Wisconsin in 1989. Uh, when State Assemblywoman Polly Williams authored the Milwaukee Parental Choice Program. And this is basically the first modern-day private school choice legislation, which the bipartisan legislation enabled low-income minority families to use vouchers to pay for tuition at the city's private schools. And then later, um, out of this kind of model, program 18 states along with the district of columbia launched similar voucher programs and the same number of states now offer tax credit scholarships or they enable individuals and businesses to receive tax credits for donating to nonprofits that funded uh, that fund private school scholarships but fast forward from 1989 and these 18 states that started to to follow that model in 2011 um, that was dubbed the year of school choice because an additional 12 states passed legislation that either created new school choice programs or expanded extensively the programs that already existed. And this is where Arizona implemented the country's first educational savings account option. Good for them. 
But even here, there's all of these strings attached because, again, we say, well, what do we mean by school choice? Well, there are so many different flavors of this school choice. And up until the last two years, these flavors always came with strings attached. Well, it was only for low-income families. Well, it was only for special ed children. Well, it was for only those in rural, not in the urban areas. Uh, well, it was for up to a max of, you know, a dollar cap that was placed by the state. And so you can argue that, you know, all of those strings attached really didn't provide true school choice. A parent who is a taxpayer in their state should be able to take uh, the taxes that they're paying or not be not be forced to pay those taxes and in, and instead use that money to pay for their children's education regardless of what school uh, they choose to. So now if we fast forward to 2021 and 2022, something happened in the landscape of America. In West Virginia in 2021 and in Arizona in 2022, we finally expanded school choice to be something that is pure, true, universal school choice where parents get to direct the state funding portion of that formula to the private school of their choice or homeschooling of their choice, and it includes covering such expenses as transportation and computers. So what sparked this new universal school choice movement, Mark. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, could it be a parent revolution uh, that started in Loudoun County, Virginia, a couple of years ago with the with the virus, uh, where parents all of a sudden were able to look over their children's shoulders in the Zoom classes and realize that they were being indoctrinated into things like section gender theory, critical race theory, social emotional learning. In fact, George is. You and I both well recall um, Terry McAuliffe, who was the expected winner of the gubernatorial race back then, made the famous public statement, we think parents should leave education to the professionals. And this um, upstart uh, uh, private equity guy, Glenn Youngkin, uh, grabbed hold of that and decided to make public school education and parental power the mainstay of his campaign, he won the, the election and turned Virginia policy on its head. And this rippled across the country. And so from here, we had these first two dominoes that fell, West Virginia and Arizona. And even as the teachers unions, you know, put up legal battles in both state court systems, yeah. they failed in both cases. And so it, you know, this movement is now spreading across the country. The American Federation for Children is a huge proponent pushing this. And, uh, one of their, their directors, um, is Corey DeAngelis, who is constantly on Twitter and, and Facebook and social media, uh, posting about this. Um, but what's also very interesting is that anti-school choice candidates learned in this past election cycle that opposing parental rights in education can be a form of political suicide. 76% of the candidates supported by the American Federation of Children who were, were pro-universal school choice won their races in 2022. Wow. And 
out of 69 incumbents that were anti-school choice, 40 of them were replaced. They lost. Amazing. So a vast majority now, a super majority of these people are losing. It's political suicide. So now, you know, red states are basically engaging in a friendly competition to empower all families with school choice, universal school choice this session. So parents, here is some really great news. And we mentioned that West Virginia and Arizona have set the pace. But guess what? In Iowa, just last month, the Republican-controlled Iowa legislature led by Governor Kim Reynolds brought in universal school choice, passed purely on party lines, 31 to 18 in the Senate, 55 to 45 in the House. And this is much like Arizona's uh, policy where you're going to have an educational savings account. You're going to have uh, $7,600 per student from K through 12. And again, you know, there's some strings attached. And really the big string attached here is that in the first two years, it's going to be kind of a tiered program. And that by the third year, all families and all students will be eligible for this program. In Utah, Mark. Yeah, Utah. Uh, they have the Utah Fits All Scholarship Program now. This is House Bill 215, which passed through the House of Representatives with a vote of 54 to 20, George, and the Senate with a vote of 20 to 8 with one abstaining. It has two major parts, increasing teacher salaries and creating a voucher program to help pay for private schools. The first part of the bill, increasing teacher salaries, will grant a raise of $8,400 for each educator, including classroom and preschool teachers, librarians, guidance counselors, and psychologists hired by the school. The second part of the bill grants an $8,000 scholarship for each eligible student to attend a private school of their parents' choice. And Texas has a has a law of their own. So Texas is right now working on something similar. So out of the gate in January, Iowa and Utah, both governors have already signed this into law, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, Texas is working on a similar thing. Um, it, it's been filed now, Senate Bill 176. This would give about $10,000 a year uh, to, uh, children in the pub, in, in, in the state of Texas and parents can use that monies to go anywhere they want to select a school of their choice. Nebraska has a similar thing going on right now where they are, um, it's, it's now going through two separate bills, LB 753 and LB 177, similar to Iowa's law with a tax credit. In Nebraska, they are, um, their private schools cost anywhere from $3,600 on the average for elementary and $7,900 for high schools. But their public schools are costing them nearly 13000 per year. Misspent money. Very misspent money. And so now parents are going to be able to take their portion of the, the, you know, uh, state funding and take it to their the school of their choice. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, which ranks near the bottom in education. Governor Stitt has come out along with the superintendent of the state school system, Superintendent Walters, and they're saying we will have the most expansive school choice program 
in the country. Godspeed to them. Arkansas, Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, which we, we all uh, we know. <laughs> Huge proponent of universal school choice. This is what she's been talking about from day yeah. one now as she's uh, taken over the governor. Florida. What's going on in Florida, Mark? Well, on January 19th, a speaker of the Florida House of Representatives announced that the Florida House's first legislative priority will be passage of a highly innovative, flexible scholarship program that will make every Florida student eligible for school choice assistance. In fact, the James Madison Institute noted the speaker's initiative is notable because it closes some existing gaps in scholarship eligibility and gives greater flexibility to families participating in the Family Empowerment Scholarship Program. The Institute has played a key role in Florida's adoption of school choice policies over the years and will continue to work with lawmakers to adopt more reforms this year, George. So we can see this over and over and over in in red states, the freedom states, where True universal school choice is coming and it's coming fast. And so, you know, we, we mentioned that there are also all of these other forms of school choice that are non-universal that come with a lot of strings attached, right? Uh, but still, th- those are a good way of making, you know, steps in the right direction. Uh, Indiana is one of those. They're working on expanding their educational choice for children. Um, which they're doing it now through this innovative $10 billion in annual tax credits that they want to allow within the education ecosystem. Also, Ohio, um, in January, the Ohio governor signed legislation that improves current state's educational savings account program, and they increase the amount that you're allowed to put in, in ESA, in the ESA program to $1,000 and expanding eligibility to more and more families. In Georgia, um, you know, Georgia last year actually almost passed a true universal uh, school choice program mm. by this promise scholarship, which was going to give up to $6,000 a year yeah. uh, per child. And so they're working on bringing that right back now into um, into their, uh, their legislative cycle for 2023. Idaho. They are working um, and pushing on this as well. The Idaho Freedom Foundation has actually continued their efforts, and right now in 2023, they are encouraging the state to adopt policies that put parents and students first. And Idaho lawmakers are expected to introduce a bill that would create a universal ESA in the state similar to those of Arizona and West Virginia. So it's in it's in the works right now. South Carolina, Wyoming. South Dakota. These are also in the works, and I'm not going to go through and provide details. And I didn't even mention, Mark, Virginia, where this whole parental revolution started from. So parents around the country, we have to recognize that we are in a pivotal moment where our voices are being heard. Things are changing, and they are changing in the red freedom states in a very good direction. But Mark, that's all the time we have today to, to share some of this great news. Unfortunately, you know, but, but George, the, the point is so powerfully made that none of this happened in a vacuum. This happened because parents decided to take ownership of their child's education, and that momentum needs to to keep up and, and expand. 
Well, please visit our website, protectourkidsnow.org. Feel free to download and share the brochures that we have there. Watch and share our many videos. Uh, Download our How to Start a Private School Guide uh, that that speaks to the issues that we've talked about today. Uh, You can also request that uh, George or I uh, speak at one of your engagements by just pressing the speaker button. And uh, we always look forward to donations to um, our mission, which is to inform parents about dangerous public school indoctrination and alternatives to public schools. So thank you for joining us, and we look forward to talking to you next week on Say What? You've been listening to Say What? The radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.